I'm Jane. I'm John. Love and happiness. Banking card and marriage registration. Something that can make you do right. We're married. Yeah, I guess we're married. Make you do right. They didn't bring up that we'd be paired until the last interview. It's an old KGB tactic. You draw less attention as a couple. Very romantic. What is it that you two do? We're software and engineers. Administer single dose, no casualties. What? You think if the company hadn't matched you, you'd be compatible? You're like sitting baby. underneath a shelter I made. Oh, I made this fire. Lord, I man, got you this I fish. Shelter, food, fire, water. No. Maybe. <clears throat> Work, life, romance. They're all part of the same project. You said you love me. Yeah, you did too. We're about to die. So you didn't mean it? No, I do. That's cool. Sorry. It's just a job. It is not life and death. See? <laughs> <laughs> you feel better? Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Derek Wong. So we are finally living up to the television portion of our podcast intro. We haven't done a TV episode in a really long time, so excited to finally dive into a TV episode in yeah 2024. And we are covering Donald Glover and Francesca Sloan's new Amazon Prime series, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It is a remake of the 2005 movie starring Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Other people are saying, oh, it's a remake of that show from 1996. But I don't believe that they actually had that in mind. That show ran for like 13 episodes and only nine aired and then it was canceled. So I don't think that really had a long impact on people's pop culture consciousnesses. You know what I mean? But yeah, all eight episodes dropped the beginning of last week. You guys watched this when it came out? Over the last couple of days, I guess, I'd say I saw it. Like, I actually started when it came out into last week, but I just didn't finish till today. Yeah, I actually started a couple of days after it premiered, but then I binged it pretty quickly. I finished it over two days, I'd say. I watched it as it aired, too. I watched with Ashley, and we finished a couple of days ago. Breezy watch. We blasted through these eight episodes in, like, two or three days. It was a fun watch, and... I already did this on social media, but I have to issue a mea culpa because I was the biggest hater of this show before it came out. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they remaking this when this 2005 movie had Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie having a real life affair on set? You can't replicate that chemistry. And plenty of people agreed with me and other people were like, why are you defending that terrible movie? I think... 
you can say the movie is pretty mid, I would say. I'm not crazy about the movie. But that chemistry between them is undeniable. You can see those sparks on the set of that movie, and that translated into the actual performances, right? So I think that movie is just fun for that reason alone. And I'm not saying that movie is great and doesn't say anything about Brad Pitt as a person, right? I mean, they fell in love on that set, and whatever happened to their relationship, it fell apart. But you can see that in the movie, the beginning of that relationship. And it's a fun movie. What did you guys think of that movie? I remember it being fun. I haven't seen it in so long. I can't really say too much about it other than, yeah, like a fun movie, good-looking cast. The chemistry is great, but sort of forgettable, right? I don't know. What did you think, Derek? I have a weird soft spot for that movie. It's kind of one of those put it on the background and I know I will enjoy my time. I remember watching it on cable. Like, you know, it was one of those cable movies. If it came on, I would be drawn in for some reason. I thought it was a really fun movie. I think Jeff's right in saying that the chemistry of those two actors in that particular movie is red hot. And, you know, what's not fun about two great looking people trying to kill each other and then working together to escape their fates? I had a lot of fun with that movie. And because of watching the show, I actually went back and rewatched the movie. I was about to say that I have never seen, and I didn't actually know that a 1996 version of a show existed until just about right now when Jeff said it. <laughs> yeah, uh, same here. <laughs> it's really interesting, actually, reading the synopsis for the 1996 show. It's it closer does, to this. Yeah, yeah, there's some similarities in the way they set up the couple, but I wouldn't be able to tell you if there are any other similarities because, like I said, I've never seen the show, didn't know it existed until about five minutes ago. I have to apologize to the show because I dunked on it online and... It kind of went viral, and now I'm apologizing for it because I did not recognize this game. I was not familiar with this game because the show is actually really good. You can't blame me for jumping to conclusions because what do these streamers usually do with remakes, right? I feel like you can count on one hand remakes that are good and actually do something different from the source material, and this show actually did. It's not trying to recreate that red-hot chemistry between Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. It's doing something completely different. It's a really fun watch. It's really well done. The performances by Donald Glover and Maya Erskine are really good. And mm -hmm. I kind of like this mission of the week structure where it's just so easy to watch, so lightly serialized, right? Yeah. I feel like they don't really make shows like that anymore. Mia culpa. I apologize to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> I had the same instincts. I just didn't post them all over uh, Twitter or X or whatever. So <laughs> but I was definitely also skeptical for the same reasons as you. And also, I mean, unlike Derek, I'm not like a huge fan of the movie. But I also was like, all right, who was asking for a remake of this? Like, it just seemed like more, like you said, bottom of the barrel slap a sequel or a reboot on something just because oh, people have heard of it. And yeah. that's a good way to like make money. And it's like, all right, why would you want to remake this? Was anyone even calling for a remake of this? What are you going to do that's going to be different or interesting? Yeah. So, yeah, I think your skepticism was justified. I was also skeptical. But, yeah, I also came around on it pretty quickly. I mean, from that first episode, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. It's going to be good. Another feather in Donald Glover's cap. He doesn't really miss, man. I think he's, like, just very, very solid and almost in, like, everything he does. So Yeah, super talented dude. Yeah, mm -hmm. super, super talented guy. Very, very funny. And I think you're getting some of his like writing chops with the show and some of the quirkiness of the show like feels like some of the things you've seen him in before. Yeah. It's really good. This was a very pleasant surprise. I'm not going to say that I thought this show was going to be good, you know, even before I saw it, but I probably was not as skeptical as you, Jeff, or mm. Amir. 
Only because, you know, it is Donald Glover. Like, I do love Donald Glover. I think he's both creative in the shows that he makes, but then also, like, as an actor. Like, I think generally he's pretty good. But then if you guys also remember, or maybe you don't know, I mean, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was attached to this at one point, yeah. right? They were going to be, like, co-creators. That got me really excited. I love Fleabag, and I love her also. And I actually think they have good chemistry when they did Solo together. Oh, yeah. She was the robot. Yeah, she yeah. was the robot. So I was looking forward to the show, but, you know, ultimately, like, she did drop out the show, so that made me a little bit less excited. But, you know, I have this, like I said, kind of strange love for the original movie, so I was always going to give this show a chance. But And I'm pleasantly surprised that I also really like the show. I probably was not as hot after, like, the first episode, or even maybe the first two episodes. Mm. I thought they were... I thought the chemistry wasn't there yet, right? Like, it really, I think by episode three, Myerskin and Donald Glover really start, like, clicking, and it, it starts really working as a show about, like, romance, but also romance disguised as a spy film, right? Or a spy show. Yeah. That could have been purposeful, right? Their chemistry may have been purposely off because, you know, these are two people that are meeting for the very first time, and they're forced into, like, a marriage, marriage in quotes, right? So, like, maybe that was done purposely. I don't know, but for me, it was a little cold. I was a little cold like the first two episodes, but honestly, I think episode three and on, it just skyrockets. I really love the show. Yeah. I will say I do have an issue with the ending, but we can get into that. Okay. You want to run through the episode just really quick, just like highlights and lowlights? Yeah. yeah. I guess episode one is the introduction to this premise, right? So there's like a cold open with two secret agents who are being hunted by, you know, you're not exactly sure who. But you see this man and this woman hold up in this house alone, and she says she's tired of running. You know, get guns from all over the house and start to fight these people who drive up into the driveway and start shooting at them. And eventually, they're both killed. Yeah. So, I mean, they skewer the 2005 Mr. and Mrs. Smith archetypes, like, right off the bat, right? Because I think that's what that's supposed to be. Because you have yeah, two yeah, yeah. sexy-ass actors in Alexander Skarsgård and Isa Gonzalez mm-hmm. as the first john and the first jane that you see right and they're dispatched right away so this first episode the action in that opening scene is just okay and i don't actually Mm -hmm. think the action really gets that much better throughout the show until maybe the finale which kind of picked up for me a little bit but i don't disagree yeah i don't disagree i don't think it's a highlight the action of the show Although mm-hmm. it's got no. its moments, right? It's very much reminiscent of that very last action set piece in the Mr. and Mrs. Smith movie, right? Especially the very end where like Brad and Angelina are holed up in what is essentially like a shack and they like storm out and kill everyone. Mm-hmm. But here it's the reverse, right? He dies even before he gets out and like she just tries to storm out and she just gets sniped. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was a really fun parallel, but... Interestingly enough, so I have actually a story that goes along with the Mr. and Mrs. Smith movie. So if you guys remember the final set piece, you guys remember it very much, very well? or Not not? really. You might have to describe it. So it takes place in essentially what is like a Ikea, right? Like this giant store where it's like like a section off. It's like a Costco slash Ikea because you can kind of like see how it's sectioned off into different areas Mm -hmm. and they have like the arrows on the ground to lead you from like one section to another. And interestingly enough, that portion of the movie was filmed in an old Ikea. I know this because it was my Ikea (laughs) that had already closed and it was sold off. They used it for that filming. And then after the filming, it was demolished and reconstructed into like a Sam's Club. 
And then after that, now it's this trade show called Frankenson's. But I remember this was like 2004, you know, we were graduating high school. You pass by on the freeway and you just see a bunch of trailers there. Cause oh. you knew, and like the rumors were going around, like they're filming the new Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie movie here. My friend actually went to the set, went outside, stood outside, and he got an autograph from Angelina Jolie. Oh, wow. Sick. Mm, cool. Strangely, this movie has ties to my own hometown, which is so funny. That is fun. So what goes on in this first episode? You meet the two stars, Donald Glover's John and Maya Erskine's Jane. They're applying for this job. And so you can see bits of the job application or this interview being conducted by machine. They're being asked a bunch of questions. Have you ever killed anybody? Have you ever said, I love you? You know, Are you willing to sever ties? Yeah, are you willing to sever ties with everyone in your life? Eventually, they both agree to sign up for this job where you have to cut ties to everybody in your life and be married to your counterpart agent and go on secret spy missions. And so they go on their first mission where they're supposed to tail a woman and grab a package from her and drop it off someplace. And they do so. <laughs> so what do you guys like about this episode? What do you like first? Start with the good stuff. I like the awkward start. I think it's purposeful that you know, it's kind of odd them meeting together and like trying to get their feelers out for the job and for each other. I like the chemistry that starts developing. I know, Derek, that you said that it's just a little off, and I think that's by design. And mm -hmm. I don't think you're wrong. I think the first episode is a little cold and it's a little hard to get your bearings. But by the end of the episode where they deliver the cake, which uh, actually is not a cake, <laughs> you... <laughs> are kind of sucked into this world. Dude, that was so funny. That they completely so funny. got me. Yeah, they pick up this package and they drop it off at the house of the person's being delivered to and it's a cake and this woman's planning a party. So they're like, wait, our spy agency had us deliver a cake? And they're contemplating staying for drinks. The lady invites them for drinks and they're like, no, 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 we should go. And so they leave and as they're walking away, they're like, what the fuck was that? Why do we have to deliver a cake? Like, was this like a test or something like that? And the house explodes behind them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really, really shocking. Really, really well done. Super funny. Sets the tone of this show. I love that. Probably like the highlight of episode one for me was that cake bomb. I think what I like most about the first episode is that it really establishes that this is going to be different, right, than the movie, right? This is not a retelling of the movie. Yeah, especially because, you know, they're not from competing agencies. They're not two people that accidentally fell in love with each other and find out that they were spies all along, right? These are two people that have applied for this job, and it just happens that their cover is they're married. Mm -hmm. Here, you definitely start seeing the seedlings of their relationship. And it gets questioned a lot throughout the whole first season is that, you know, were they placed together purposely because... They are compatible, right? Like the idea is that they may actually fall in love with each other. I thought it was really good as establishing like what we maybe should be expecting for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. I also really like the little sleight of hand they use to get the package for the target. Mm -hmm. You know, Maya Erskine's Jane bumps into the target and knocks a brown box out of her hand. And at the same time, John swaps it with another brown box, essentially, that he had picked up that's, that has like some junk in it or something. And so they're pretty smoothly able to get the package from the target without, like, killing her or making a ruckus or anything like that. It's pretty funny because he makes a scene with the guy, like, on the side of the street. Yeah, yeah. He's like, how dare you touch my daughter or whatever, you know? It's actually yeah, it's so funny. funny. <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere. The guy's like, what? And yeah, then Jane's like, funny. what the fuck was that? You said something about your daughter. And he's like, well, you can't really argue against the guy who's protecting his daughter, you know? So it was a nice little explanation from John. He's pretty good at thinking on his feet. It's pretty good. It was good, yeah. yeah. Anything else about episode one? They're just a bunch of little jokes that are real fun, like 
naming the cat. Mm. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, Jane brings her cat and doesn't tell John, and so they're arguing about what to name it, and she's like, his name is Max. <laughs> like, we're not changing the cat's name. It's like, oh, it's your cat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the revolving door of guest stars in this. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It kind of reminds me of Poker Face. Who was in episode one? I mean, Paul Dano's recurring, and then... Does he show up in episode one as the neighbor? He does, doesn't he? Yeah, because they move I don't in. Remember. Oh, as they move in, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah, when yeah. they meet him. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, obviously Alexander Skarsgård and Isaac Gonzalez as the, the very beginning, yeah, the, the, dead John and the Jane, cold open cameo. Yeah, it reminded me of Poker Face too, where each episode is episodic. It's a little serialized, but it's episodic. Each episode at least has kind of like one guest star. Yeah, the second episode, the villain of the week is John Turturro, right? Yeah, episode two was called Second Date. Yeah. They go to an auction where they're supposed to record the winning bidder of an auction after he's been injected with truth serum. That person, their target, is John Turturro. So they have to sneak into this auction and find a way to get him alone and inject him with the truth serum and record whatever he says. That's their mission. I like that, you know, there's growing pains. And then this is the episode that establishes that there's stakes to their missions, right? You know, we learned that they're not supposed to fail three missions or else, and we don't know what that means. But, you know, and this is like the first mission they actually fail because they haven't learned quite yet how to communicate with each other, right? Absolutely. In the beginning of the episode, Jane also sort of forces John to take a pact of like, okay, we're not going to have sex. We're not going to be in a real relationship. I'm not in this Mm. for the romance. Let's just buddy up, partner up, and make a bunch of money, leave and go our separate ways. And he agrees to that pact. And of course, by the end of the episode, they do eventually have sex. So yeah, (laughs) that pact gets thrown out of the window really quickly. I think this might be my least favorite episode except for a couple things i think some of the jokes are really funny but the whole john Turturro as like this weirdo freak billionaire that makes poor people do his bidding or whatever it dragged on for a really long time it's like not weird or horny enough to like fully hit and it's like pretty long yeah it doesn't fully work yeah the part that really does work though is they're supposed to only inject him once this is definitely the funniest part yeah then they both simultaneously eject him with double the dose of the serum they were supposed to give him <laughs> and then john very, goes very what funny. <laughs> he's like why'd you do that <laughs> and it leads to a really funny scene where like john deturo's outing everybody at this party that he's at yeah all the billionaire sex perverts and embezzlers and arms traffickers or whatever at the auction he's just running his mouth on this truth serum it's like, yeah, you have a hidden count in the Caymans, and you're cheating on your wife, and oh, I would love to have sex with your wife. Yeah. I thought that was a really funny moment, and, you know, we learned that they can't inject this person with two true serums, because if you do, it's going to kill him, and in the end, you know, the mission is they're not supposed to kill him, just record his conversation and learn as much as they can from him, but because they kill him, they fail their first mission. Yeah. On their second date. That is the one thing that rubbed me the wrong way. So they like, mm-hmm. I don't know compost his body and bury him in the garden on the roof (laughs) yeah (laughs) but the thing that got at me is like dude there's no way you could just kill a billionaire and just get away with it right Mm. this is like Mm -hmm. back to david fincher's the killer right the reason he decides not to kill that guy in the end right drops down too much heat this i didn't believe right there's no way jeff bezos goes missing and you like drove away in his car with him and you don't immediately go to jail. Like I know they're super spies or whatever, but still. The show definitely brushes a lot of shit under the rug. Hand like waves that. a lot. Yeah, of shit. hand yeah. waves a lot. Like first of all, there's no way you'd be able to get away from a charity auction with all these people and all this security. I mean, they're like selling Warhols at this auction. So yeah, 
what? There's no footage of you leaving with this billionaire in the car. You're speeding down the street, running every red light, and then disposing of the body. Definitely wouldn't work, but. It didn't bug me much. The show, that one particularly bugged me. The idea yeah. that they kill a super rich guy in a super public place and just bury him in their garden on the roof. That one, like, didn't fully work for me. And maybe Jeff, it's a symptom of the episode being one of the weaker ones. I don't know. But yeah, that, yeah. that just didn't work. I love that they're not like hyper competent spies or whatever. They're fuck ups. Literally, it's revealed later that they're like rejects from the Marines or the CIA, you know? Mm-hmm. John's squeamish when they're getting rid of the body and they have to break John Turturro's legs in the tub. He's like gonna throw up. It's purposefully subverting the super sexy, good at everything spies that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie were in their movie. I really like yeah. that. You know, if you're gonna remake something, I'm now convinced this is how you should do it, right? Take a movie that's just, you know, okay, and people have a soft spot for it, do something different, and bring something new to the table. Right. I mean, you're right. They weren't trying to do, hey, you know, it was really good, The Godfather. Let's do a second one. They did pick something that was kind of mid. Yeah, Maybe yeah, that's yeah. a smart choice. All right, well, moving on to the third episode. Yeah, okay. Yeah, third episode, First Vacation. I love the titles, yeah, they're the good. themes of each of these episodes. I think they're really good, right? This was the episode for me where I started to really see the chemistry between these two actors and between these two characters. Yeah. This is the first time I start believing they actually might be in love, right? Well, I think that second episode, I do think they fell into bed together a little bit too fast. Yes, like, I agree. It felt weird that like at the beginning of the episode, there's this pack and by the end, they're like, fuck it, YOLO. Mm-hmm. But the chemistry is pretty good by the end of the second episode. When they're watching TV in the home theater and John makes Jane do the racist mammy impression is so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. It was that really was funny. funny. Yeah. I mean, you know. No, I've never seen it. Like, it, you know, it was racist. You, well, what no. kind of racist? She was just like, oh, Jasper, you get out. And when I say out, I mean, oh, you do. Killing billionaires is the best aphrodisiac. <laughs> yeah, by episode three, I agree with you, Derek. I think that you believe it by episode three. And I think some time is supposed to have probably passed between, you know, that second mission and this one. Maybe they've done some other missions. Who knows? Again, very like episodic, right? So, but yeah, you totally believe it. By three, they are acting like a, a newlywed married couple. and People are like commenting on how in love they seem. Yeah. In contrast to their targets for the episode, right? So they're supposed to be bugging the phones of a billionaire industrialist and her husband. And I guess that's all they're supposed to do, right? It's just bug their phones and that's it. Mm-hmm. Bug their phones and then listen to their conversations, right? Yeah. Specifically, like one particular call that's going to happen. I guess through their spying, they find that this couple's on the rocks, their relationship's in a lot of trouble. And it's this sharp contrast with how swimmingly things are going for John and Jane, I guess. Well, a little bit. I don't know, maybe not completely A little bit, but yeah. You know, it's clearly young love versus like this relationship that seems like maybe it's running its course. And so they split up to bug their respective targets. Jane goes after the husband. John goes after the wife. And then the wife, the billionaire, is kidnapped. And the hostages threaten to kill her if her husband doesn't like give up all his shares in the company. And he says no. He's like, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> he says, go ahead, kill her, you know? Yeah, which is wild. I thought that was actually pretty cool. So after hearing that conversation, they're just going to kill this billionaire. And John is like, can't let her die. He's made a connection with this woman, right? In order to bug her phone, he had to talk to her and flirt with her and almost sleep with her. And he has a connection to her and he doesn't want to just let her die if he can help it. So he tries to save her and he ends up 
bleeding out in the snow and Jane has to go Jane has to go save him at the end of the episode. There's a little bit of immaturity there because they're sharing locations and John turns his location off and there's a bunch of stuff that's going on there with their communication. In the end she does manage to save his life and his penis. And his penis. <laughs> Maybe even more importantly. I think this is one of my favorite episodes, actually. I yes, really I like this one. First of all, I think the chemistry between John and Jane, you know, the couple that they're surveilling seems very, very real. I think yeah. the arguments that they have, not that I've ever had arguments of that caliber with Ashley, but like, they're escalated and elevated versions of those. They seem like real fights that these people would have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that the whole argument turns on, like, the intonation of, like, a single word exactly. is really great. I thought that was really so realistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The billionaire, uh, Gavol, she sets her husband. They're having a fight, and she tries to make it up. She's like, okay, I'm not going to work the whole day tomorrow. And mm-hmm. <laughs> he reads that as, I'm not going to work for the entire day. I'm not going to work at all. She meant, <laughs> I'm not going to work for the whole day, but I will work for part of the day. And yeah. so, of course, when she's on her phone trying to work, they begin to fight about it. And, you know, she accuses him of intentionally misinterpreting her so he can be angry. And he's like, I don't even know it's if I want really to be in this relationship. Good. And it's so good. And then in the end, he's like, uh, I hope these terrorists kill you or whatever. <laughs> 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 really funny. Um, well, what happens with John and Jane is that they have their first fight on the ski lift where he reveals that he didn't cut off ties with his mom. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And she gets mad. That, first of all, he lied to her, and second of all, it places them in danger, not just himself and his mom, but Jane as well. So she gets super pissed about that, and there's some really funny stuff in there where she's like, oh, I just don't have a relationship with my dad, so it's not a big deal for me. And he's like, you don't talk to your dad at all? And she says, what if he molested me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's that like, was no, but he didn't. But he, he didn't, didn't actually, do that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, dude, that's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. That was great. I really like this episode because it highlights one of the most important things of any relationship is communication, right? And like, I think that this episode particularly wants to highlight that between these two people that they're spying on. But it also, it becomes a big crux for John and Jane's relationship pretty much throughout this whole season, right? It's like the way they communicate with each other and if they're really on the same page a lot of the times. And what I love most about this series is that I think the original movie was, I think, first like an action spy movie with tinges and wanting to be a romantic comedy versus I think this show wants to forego the romantic comedy aspect. I think it has comedy. It has like the spy stuff. But first and foremost, I think it's a really great romance slash relationship show, right? Each episode focuses on a different aspect of their relationship and it shows their growing relationship through the eight episodes. Yeah, That's like my favorite part about this show, right? So it has romance and comedy, but it's not a rom-com for you. Yes. Yeah. I think the movie is focused on like the witty repartee between the two characters. Yes. Where here it's like, building a realistic relationship and going through the different stages of a said relationship throughout these eight episodes, right? Yes. They're all named after different stages and arguments are realistic. And I like that a lot. I agree. Yeah, it's very yeah, much about the verisimilitude. Yeah. Yeah. They also like take the premise seriously because it also has this 90 day fiance aspect where yeah. you do have the awkwardness of two people who don't really know each other who've been thrown into something, right? And the show mm-hmm. does portray that and all of those thorny issues. I thought that was really good. And this episode really showcases John and Jane's different approaches to doing things. John's more of a yes. people person. He's a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. He wants to interact with people and make friends when that's not really the best way to be a spy, I guess. 
But also, Jane is super blunt and is revealed later in the season in the finale that she has sociopathic tendencies, which mm-hmm. bubble to the surface every now and then. And throughout the show, she's like dropping little glass marbles in a jar, and you don't know what that is, but by the end, you figure out that she does that every time she does something psychopathic. Yeah. I thought this episode was so funny because throughout this whole episode, John's trying to make friends with like this other vacation couple. Like this, yes, older, this couple. older couple. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> she has like this whole conversation about this lady's scarf. They tell a whole story about where the scarf came from. He got it for her like 40 years ago. It's like this really cute thing. But Jane has like no patience for this shit. And in the middle of the episode, they run into each other while they're chasing down their targets. And they're trying to like tell a story and like trying to link up with them and actually make vacation friends with John and Jane. And then Jane just fucking loses it. She's like, shut up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. I have a gun, I will shoot you. (laughs) And it was so fucking funny. And and when the Sunday... Shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, bitch. I have a gun and I will shoot you. Maya Erskine sells the shit out of that. She's really good in that. Yes. Yeah. Well, after you've, like, watched in its entirety this first season, you also realize how well-written it is. Yeah. It starts to, like you said, Jeff, plant seeds throughout all the episodes. This one, you mentioned the jar of the marbles, right? Uh But then there's a point where Donald Glover's character of John starts asking the old couple about Lake Cuomo. Yeah. And like, oh, you guys vacation there? How do you like it? Da-da-da-da. And Jane's trying to rush them out. You'll learn in a couple episodes, there's an episode that takes place at Lake Como, and it becomes this area for an episode later. So I thought the show's very clever in the way it kind of tries to connect themes and ideas throughout this whole season. And I love that the show shoots on location. Mm, yeah. yeah. Looks beautiful. They shot in Lake Como in that episode. They shot at the ski resort. They shot in New York for the John Turturro episode. I do wish it looked better, though, because I feel like every location just kind of looks gray and flat in the digital streaming mm. Amazon Prime video kind of way. Mm-hmm. I wish the photography was a little more vibrant and colorful to capture the actual locations, but you can tell that they shot on location. It's not like green screen and like, yeah, I don't know, Vancouver. Yeah, especially the Lake Cuomo shit. I was like, whoa. Yeah. The funniest moment from this episode was when Maya Erskine, for me, was when she was like, you eat like this. <laughs> She's like clanking the plates really loud because I noticed it too. Earlier when he was eating, he was clanking a little bit. I could hear him eating. And then she's like, you eat like this. Like clank, 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 clank. I thought that was so funny. That and that's funny. also very realistic to me too when it yeah, comes absolutely. to relationships, picking at each other's little things that might bother you about the other person. Ashley does that all the time. She's like, <laughs> stop scraping your teeth on the fork. <laughs> She always says that. Let's move on to the next episode. This might be one of my favorite episodes. I do like Um, this episode a lot, too. Yeah, only because it just introduces this really interesting piece to the lore, right? This episode's called Double Date. I know, I know. (laughs) Where our John and Jane meet another John and Jane. I thought this was such a fascinating idea that in this spy world, this agency basically, you know, has a bunch of different ones of these, right? And they potentially can run into each other. And basically, it's just like the episode says, most of the episode is a double date where they talk about their individual relationships. They talk about couples might talk about like their jobs and just the fuck ups of their job. I thought this episode was very charming. So this episode is very high on like the verisimilitude because it's about couple friends yeah couple falling in love with another couple as a couple mm. thinking they're so in fucking and cool. out of love yeah exactly <laughs> yes where you find another couple that you think is so fucking cool you want to hang out with them all the time 
And then something happens and it breaks that illusion. And you're like, what the fuck? Why did we even like these people? They're <laughs> fucking freaks. And this is what <laughs> happened. A lot of props to the two guest stars in this. Wagner Mora and Parker Posey playing the yeah. other John and Jane. They're fucking fantastic as this other operative couple. And they just seem cooler in every way. They're a little older, they're a little more seasoned, they're a little more experienced. John and Jane, they chose high risk for their positions, but this other John and Jane, they choose extremely high risk. They're going on even more dangerous missions, which is revealed in the final episode of what that really entails, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, they think they're so fucking cool. Uh, <laughs> it's just really funny. The end of the episode, So too. at the end of yeah. the dinner party, they're like, oh, we've got to go. We've got a mission. Hey, why don't you guys come? And so they kind of, they get our John and Jane, Donald Glover and Meyer Erskine, to come on a mission with them. And they get them on the helicopter. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're not coming. You guys are basically just going to do this mission for us. Yeah, they bail <laughs> yeah. on the mission. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's and they're so like trying funny. to tell them stuff through the glass. They can't hear them because the chopper is too loud. I thought that was really funny too. And the gag is so fucking funny because they have to go to the jungle and eliminate yeah. this guy. So I was like, oh, they're going to show this whole mission. But they show exactly where the mission goes south. And then it yeah. just cuts cuts to yeah. them in the helicopter. Donald Glover's got like the yeah they're like covered in blood and Donald Glover's got the shocked Troy look from Community on him as he's like sitting in the <laughs> yes. helicopter. Exactly. He's like traumatized. They have to like cut yeah. through all these people with the machete to get out. The other John and Jane called them. How did it go? You know, like was it cool? Did you guys like it? And he's like, yeah, it was good. It was it was fine. You just tell like they're totally over these people. It's awkward and. They just threw them into the lion's den of super high risk or whatever they call it, which is so funny. Threw them under the bus. And so then afterwards, yeah, I think that breaks the spell, right? Because yeah. uh, they're like lying in bed talking about, why did we like that couple so much? They fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was so funny. I love the show because it gives them time to just lie in bed, feel like they're a real couple, right? Talking about something and give them the space to have this whole conversation on screen where they either agree or they don't agree or they're joking. It's really building the relationship when they both are like, yeah, dude, both these people just fucking suck. Let's never hang out with them again. And I just love those moments throughout this season. There's also another funny joke in this episode with Jane's jealousy. <laughs> Before they run into the other John and Jane. Oh, the arm. The farmer's market. Oh, it's so funny. One yes. of uh, John's exes, Rooney. And they're just chatting to her. And, you know, John says, hey, I'm married to Jane. This is my wife, blah, blah, blah. And they exchange pleasantries. And then afterwards, Jane is like, wow, it's really brave of you to date someone who only has one hand or something. Yeah. It's like, good of you like, not to notice what? things like that. <laughs> wait, what? No, she definitely had two hands the entire time we were dating. Like, wait, what? <laughs> it was really funny. At the end of the episode, he had to like check Instagram or something to go check yeah. and see if his ex had two hands. <laughs> and so he checks, and of course she does. And it was just Jane kind of fucking with him because she was jealous. I thought that was really funny. It's such a funny lie. Yeah, it's a little absurdist, and I thought that was really fucking it's funny. It's a very funny yeah. lie. Like, who does that? So, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Definitely dropping another marble in their jar for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next episode, which is Do You Want Kids? And this was the episode I was referring to earlier where they, you know, the synopsis on IMDb is that they're spending a summer in Lake Cuomo. Basically, they have to escort this person named Toby from wherever he is and escort him to safety, right? They want to take it from his home to a safe house. 
and yes. then to like an extraction point, right? Yes. It's really interesting. The episode called Do You Want Kids? Because I mean, basically, this guy acts like a giant child the whole time testing them if they're ready to take care of another human being you know there's a moment where they're trying to give him medicine he's like no i don't want the medicine <laughs> yeah. you know, he has to like bribe him with the cigarette which is funny all made better because he's played by ron perlman by the way because yeah, absolutely, absolutely right? fucking yes. funny uh, what'd you guys think of this episode? I thought this was really funny. It's kind of James Bondish with them running through the alleys of the Italian town and the motorbikes mm. and all the agents trying to get them. It felt a little like a James Bond movie and Punch said that was cool. This is like a little bit of that glamorous international jet setting spy stuff, which I actually did like that aspect. And I also just thought it was funny. Like I thought Toby was really funny. There were some good gags in this one. Yeah. I love his Hitler joke. Yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> that, joke, yes. that was very good. Yeah, it's a fun episode. I like this one. Yeah, It's not really my favorite one, but it's yeah. fine. I think the action is just shot a little haphazardly, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really feel the momentum of the chases or the gunfights or anything. And I feel like that's the case for most of these episodes. Whenever there's like gunplay and stuff, I'm not blown away by it. It's just very rote going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And this one does have like a big spat between john and jane oh there was one point where they cross this lake john happens to come up on this house and he starts opening the door he knows the code to the door and jane's like how do you know the code to this door like why would you know the code to this random house that we're just coming upon and you find out that he bought this house this is technically i mean as a married couple their first house that they own together right yeah he made this huge decision to buy this house for them while she's like, well, why did you do that? Why wasn't I involved in this decision? And, you know, he's trying to make this grand romantic gesture, I guess, in his head. But she's like, well, this is not logical. Why would you do this without consulting me? And this in itself is a very realistic conversation. Yeah. You know, some couples do have. So she's not like super pissed about it, but it does bother her. Parents don't want to fight in front of their kids. So she's doing her best to like hold it back a little bit and like try to keep it tame. Like, you can imagine if he wasn't there, if they weren't on a mission, she might be blowing up more than she's showing in this episode. Mm, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Toby also does help by being like, man, wow, you really fucked up or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because no, he goes, you really ought to be careful buying property in foreign countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a billionaire or whatever, but I'm still very cautious with my money, yeah, which I thought was really funny. funny. <laughs> but I agree. I don't think this is the best episode of the season but i do think there's elements that are really great i do like the guest star Ron yeah, Roman. Ron i thought great. he was a really fun yeah role. and the episode does start to weave in some elements of dissatisfaction with the job it seems that john and this becomes a recurring theme throughout like the second half of the season john is like the less talented secret agent and so he yeah, has yeah. this idea that either their boss doesn't like him or that jane is talking bad about him to the boss or talking herself up or something like that those seeds are kind of planted here and this is the episode where the big bomb comes at the end, where High High asks if she wants to replace her John, correct? Yeah. That's this episode, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, this is definitely the seeds of their potential undoing. Yeah. Which then leads into the next episode, episode six, which is couples therapy, which, I mean, this is a straight callback to the movie. John and Jane talking and visiting a therapist a lot in that movie. I think that's how that movie opens and how that movie closes, the 2005 one. So this is definitely drawing inspiration from that, where our John and Jane in the show go visit a therapist played by Sarah Paulson. And, 
you know, the spy element comes in with them having to very secretly talk about their jobs in therapy without giving away that they're spies, right? That they're secret agents, which I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I love this episode. This is probably my favorite. I really like yeah. this one. I really like the little vignettes of the missions that they were doing. Mm-hmm. Every week you get a snippet of the previous week's mission and then why the relationship is falling apart because of it in the office. And then, you know, they come back and do it again the next week. They talk about what went wrong the previous week with their silly obfuscations of pretending that they're software engineers, right? Yeah. I really liked that first mission where John has to sneak in and start talking to the guys and they're just having these conversations. The conversations they were having, I thought, were just very funny. Mm -hmm. Very, I don't know, Reservoir Dogs or something like that, right? Atlanta. These weird conversations he's having with those guys he's just met. And I don't know, John, I guess, has this tendency throughout the show to try to use his extroverted side to like sidle up to people and get in their good graces and takes his time to get to know them before executing the mission and then jane's just like nah fuck it let's just kill people (laughs) she's like guns blazing i love that he brings like race into it because all the guys are like black so he's like i got this i'm gonna use my Mm -hmm. connection to these guys sidle up to them and get in their good graces and do it my way you know jane just loves guns blazing and taking care of business as quickly as possible you know there's a thread throughout like the rest of the season too. Yeah, absolutely. And this particular mission also is a callback to the movie, right? Because in the movie, Brad Pitt's character of John has to kill someone at a poker game. He has to like you oh, know, yeah. infiltrate I a poker game that. and yeah, he has to kill one that. of them. So that, I thought that was a really fun callback to that. I'm having a hard time remembering some of the other mini missions that we go through in this episode. Well, the second one is they chase the guy up the uh, high rise. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mai's like fighting the guy in the elevator and then John has to catch up. By running up the stairs. <laughs> By running asthma. up the stairs. Yeah, right. he has asthma. And like he gets to the roof right as she's tossing the guy off the roof. Yeah. And then she's like, die, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which causes John to just burst out in laughter and she's like so upset that he's making fun of her. Yeah. Yeah. And that like becomes a whole therapy session. Her whole beef with that becomes yeah. a problem. And then the last one is the jungle, right? Where they have yeah. the trek to the jungle or trek the to the forest. Yeah, lost in the woods. And like John thinks he knows what he's doing. And then we learn that this is their second mission that they fail, right? Because they let the guy get away. Yeah, the guy gets away. Yeah, and this mm-hmm. whole thing is about John trying to reassert himself as the teacher role that he kind of had in the beginning of the relationship where he thought that Jane looked up to him. So mm-hmm. he's like trying to teach Jane all about like this outdoorsman type stuff. And Mm -hmm. Jane thinks it's condescending and trying to, like, inflate his own machismo and stuff. And he's kind of a prick in this vignette, too, right? I thought it was really good. And they bring it up in the therapy session. I think in the context of him feeling like Jane is always, like, taking the lead and, like, uh, emasculating him or whatever, I think that puts his actions in this vignette kind of into perspective. Yeah. Well, it's also him trying to prove that he's relevant in this relationship, right? Because one of the very first things I think we learn through the sessions is that she tells him what High High asked of her of the last episode, right? Like, he knows that she basically refused a new John, Kai Hai was ready to like promote her and not him, get rid of him in this situation. And she's one who decides, no, I want to stay in this relationship. I still want him to be my John. There is definitely those insecurities of him not being good enough, right? And that maybe he's digressing while she's progressing in this spy world or spy agency that they're a part of. Yeah. What really bugs Jane is that he lied about his favorite book. Yeah. You know, they bond over the book, The Prophet, in the first episode. And then mm-hmm. it's revealed that he actually never read that book in this one. So she's like really upset by that. I don't even remember, but 
some of the things that he says are really hurtful when they're at the well, campfire. He's furious with her. Yeah, he's so mm-hmm. fucking mad. He unloads on her because she starts talking about his mother. And yeah. like, that's like, I don't know if that's just like a cultural thing or something, but like, I don't know. You could tell like he did not like her talking about his mom. And so he just yeah. unloads on her and says a lot of really hurtful shit. But I, I think, yeah. again, kind of with justification, I don't think he like went off for no reason, right? He's yeah, sensitive yeah, yeah. about his relationship with his mother in the same way that she's sensitive about her lack of a relationship with her father. I have to teach you everything because you don't know how to do a lot of things. You don't have to teach things. me shit. I, you act You're like sitting baby. underneath a shelter I made. Oh, I made this fire. Oh, I got you this I fish. shelter, food, fire, water. Fuck you. Nice. Why are you like this? Why do you do that? I, I just don't get it. I just have deeper priorities. You, could, you have deeper priorities? Yeah, you don't have the capacity to understand just it. shut so. up. You're always trying to make shut somebody up. feel stupid. Shut up. Fuck you. Is that how your mom taught you how to talk to women? You're obsessed with my mom. Wait, wait. <laughs> okay, you're <laughs> saying me. I'm obsessed with your mom? You call her five times a day. It's a little unhealthy, and it's... Oh, oh, you like boundaries, the boundaries right? thing. Yeah, you need that's them. the whitest thing that you. Oh, you always, like, what a and, fucking you, cool. Like, you don't even know what that means. Her husband died. I'm the man in her life. I take care of her because I came out of her. What did you do for your dad when your mom died, other than not talk to him ever again? She's a good mother. You wouldn't know anything about that, cause you're too busy gallivanting around with a fucking cat. So don't talk about her. Don't fucking bring her up every time we have a disagreement because you don't understand feelings. You don't know what it's like to care about somebody. You just pretend and fucking robotic mimic everything somebody else does. I don't know if you're on the spectrum or what, but it's fucking weird. And all you do is make other people feel bad for feeling shit. You said it yourself. You wouldn't be a good mom. So don't come here and talk that shit to me. Yeah, but I'll be honest, I think she's kind of earned it. I don't know. Like, I don't think she's faultless in this. I don't think she handles it that well, but there's no way around that Hi Hi prefers her to John, though, right? And it really does get to him. For sure. But I don't think that's the only thing going on. I do think they have some genuine relationship problems there that yeah. they're working through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird because you don't really see if this episode doesn't exist. I don't know if I would have picked these things out as problems in their relationship. Yeah. Right? So, mm-hmm. like, I think it's telling us and not showing yeah. us in a way. I think that's, like, you the purpose I mean? of this episode to, but, like, highlight yeah. the cracks in their relationship. Yeah, but we hadn't really seen before. Like, I don't know if I would have said seeing the first, I don't know, five episodes or however many it is that, yeah, the first five that, oh, Jane's super domineering and emasculating John. So, like, it has to show us that, okay, this is how he's feeling now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is one of my favorites. I thought it was just, like, very funny. Yes. I thought that, like, the missions were funny. I thought their interactions with Sarah Paulson were hilarious. Yes. <laughs> the fact that she tells this monkey story and they look at each other, you could tell neither of them have any fucking clue what she's talking about. <laughs> yes. They both just pretend they do. And then afterwards, they're like, yeah. what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that monkey story? Yeah. And Sarah Paulson loves her fucking house. Yes. Such a well-built house. And then it ends with them burning her house down. Yeah, yeah, down. Say, how many yeah, fucking marbles does Jane have to put in her fucking jar for <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, that's one? a lot of marbles right definitely there. Jane. There's no way Jane. That's a handful. <laughs> oh, no, it was. Yeah, definitely. But I get it, though, because, you know, they record all the sessions and they definitely talk to each other about their missions, not under the guise of being software engineers when Sarah Pulse is not in the room. So... 
they kind of have to get rid of the evidence. Uh, they did it for the evidence, not just because the. Oh, you didn't I even pick that up. They definitely did that for the evidence. You thought they just burned her house down because they didn't like her. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, that's harsh. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Because they do mention that she's been recording everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And they look super freaked out. I do love the parts where Sarah Paulson's like, wait. You guys did what as software introduced? Well, how does this relate to your so Why work? is your software job life <laughs> and death? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, she yeah. even says, no one's forcing you to be in a relationship. But actually, of course, they are being forced to be in a relationship. That's part of like the contract, right? No one's got a gun to your head. Well, actually, right? <laughs> yeah. There is a moment, you know, where Sarah Polson's therapist character says, well, is there a way for you guys to ask your job to work separately for a while? Like maybe not every mission has to be together, right? You don't have to work as a couple all the time. And then it kind of leads into the next episode. And in Infidelity, you learn that John might be having maybe this secret relationship. And Jane basically learns who this person is, ambushes them. And you're led to believe that he's having an affair. But then you also learn that this is his mission. But I wasn't quite clear. Were they successful in asking Hi Hi for John to have his own mission? Or was this still their mission? No. No. It was John's mission. They split up and had their own missions. John took too long with this one and told Jane to clean it up. Got it. Well, yeah. So Hi Hi tells Jane to clean it up. But then Hi Hi also tells John that Jane is there, trying to sow some kind of conflict between them. Yeah. The mission is to eliminate a rival agent played by Michaela Cole. And... John being the type of spy to use his extroverted side to cozy up to his targets, he begins like a full-blown emotional affair with mm-hmm. Mikhail Cole's character. They go on dates together. He's supposed to be killing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who turns out to be a rival spy. What's even worse is that he tells her everything. That's crazy everything, to me. Yeah. Like he tells her that he's a spy and like his relationship problems with Jane. It's crazy that he did that. So Jane is tasked to clean up the job that john is dragging his feet on and she goes to the house and interrogates her john is there too the scuffle arises where they're fighting her and she like jumps out the window and they have to chase her the bolito from ridley scott's the counselor makes an appearance here where michaela cole puts automatic garrot on his neck yeah, <laughs> yeah that was so fucking cool which kills Brad Pitt in the movie, by the way. Not Mr. Oh. Mrs. Smith, but the counselor cuts his head off in Ridley Scott's movie. Which is, I guess, yeah. a fun way to tie Brad Pitt back into this. That is cool. That thing is scary, though. Yeah, that garage is yeah. awesome. Because it's just like this wire that just tightens around his neck and they have to use the, the pliers to cut it. And they have to like chase her through New York City. But she gets the better of them. So that's their third fail, right? Yeah. What's... Interesting is that, I mean, I guess you could say maybe the rival spy agency thing is kind of a callback to the movies, right? Because John and Jane in that movie were from rival spy agency. So it is not beyond this world to think that this is not the only private spy agency that might have operatives, right? So it's interesting that, you know, we run into this other spy agency and she's got cool gadgets too. And she's very resourceful, right? Because this whole episode is a lot of chasing her throughout New York. And it's because John, you know, plants a tracker on her. But by the end of the episode, she figures out where that tracker is and snarkily places it for them to find where they have their very first mission, right? It's kind of like a, a poke fun at their relationship and the fact that John has revealed all these secrets about them. Yeah. There's some funny stuff in here, but it's a little dark, right? The relationship seems like it's coming to an end here, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little less fun than maybe some of those earlier episodes were, I think. 
just because the relationship is, you know, moving towards a nasty breakup. Yeah. Which is, I think, the title of this last episode, right? Yeah. Season one, episode eight, A Breakup. And after John and Jane's last fail, they're given three in the infidelity episode. They failed their third mission. And we find out what it means to fail three missions. They have a little bit of a tiff and John goes to stay with his mom and Jane is just alone at home and she gets a message from Hi-Hi saying, you have to kill your John. Yeah, well, a sniper tries to take out Jane and then Mm -hmm. John is with his mom. His mom. Played Mm -hmm. by his real mom, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. She does pretty good. She quits herself pretty well as an actress. She did great. That's really cool. Yeah. And then so they go home and... John, who always puts the seat down, realizes as they're walking into the house that someone was there because the toilet seat's up and he finds a tripwire that leads to like some C4 or plastic explosives. So he also thinks that's Jane trying to kill him. So first of all, I would have fucking died right then and there. I would not have realized the toilet seat. I would have stepped on that thing. Oh, absolutely. That was some good spycraft from him. But it's funny because... In the therapy episode, the therapist asked them to say it's the one thing that's really good about the other person, one thing the other person always does for you. And Jane mm-hmm. says, oh, yeah. John always leaves the toilet seat down. Yeah. So that is yeah. foreshadowed. And then even his mom comments. He's like, I thought I raised you that, better. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. you, did. I, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I thought it was good. So yeah, I thought that was a cool little callback. So yeah, they each have reason to think the other is trying to kill them. And so they try to kill each other, running across the city, and then eventually in their house. I thought the little attempted assassination by Jane at the museum was cool. It was so fucked up. Dude, she's yeah. psychotic. More marbles. <laughs> They're leaving the, the museum, the Whitney, through the um, revolving doors, right? And she's in the compartment ahead of him. So she drops a knife, which stops the door from being able to move, and she leaves her bag in the compartment with him. And her bag mm-hmm. has a bomb in it, <laughs> which is wild. And this is another callback to the movie because at one point, Angelina Jolie's character plants a bomb in John's jacket and tries to kill him. Oh, with the that's, bomb. Right. that's right. Yeah. yeah. They get back to the house, which, you know, is also like a callback to the movie where they have this big shootout in the house. Yeah. And this whole chase is filmed on location, which I really love because, yeah. you know, as like a native New Yorker, everything yeah, geographically you makes that sense. Mm. It's not like John Wick where. He comes out of the Oculus and he's at Lincoln Center. Like, come on, bro. Mm. <laughs> they go from the Whitney, which is in Chelsea, and they run up the High Line, mm-hmm. something that makes sense for every New Yorker, right? They run across awesome. like the whole High Line and fighting the cops and, you know, John gets hit by a car and they make it back home. And like you said, Derek, they have this big brawl. I think this episode had the best action. Yeah, I think so too. I think the action yeah. finally came together with the gunplay in the house. Just having all the hidden guns everywhere is really fun. I think the hand-to-hand between John and Jane is kind of sloppy and on purpose, and I really, really like that. Donald Glover directed I, this episode, by the way, so. And I love the reappearance of the truth serum pens, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to kill her. He just wants the truth, right? And he, like, injects not just her, both of them with a serum so that they can finally have, like, an honest conversation with each other. Which sets up the revelation that neither yeah. is trying to kill the other, which probably wouldn't be believed in any other scenario. So, yeah. you know, that's yes. clever. yeah. And then we find out that they weren't trying to kill each other. You know, who actually did kill Max? Who did set up John's mom's house? In comes the return of the other John and Jane that we met in episode four in Double Date. 
and we find out that super high risk means that you are tasked with killing other John and Janes, and that the person that they killed in the jungle was another John, and now they're here to fulfill their mission. You basically learn that they stir conspiracy against each other so that they would try to kill each other. They're here to just clean up that mess, right? Because they don't actually kill each other, so now this other John and Jane have to finish the work. And I love the callback to the three sneezes, and that's yes. how they get the upper hand on that John and kill him. And Does he die? Yeah. I know he's blinded, but I didn't realize he was actually killed. Because you keep seeing the video of Parker Posey outside the door, and then you see the video of them at the dining table, and he's just laying there. Oh, he hasn't okay. moved at all. So, like, my assumption that he's actually dead. Our John, the John we've been following this whole series, was also shot, and he's quickly fading, and... They escape into their panic room, but he's bleeding out. So, you know, our Jane, played by Meyer Erskine, must take the risk of opening the door and combating the Parker Posey Jane. You see some shots through a window, and then it just cuts to black. That's the end of the season. Yeah. We don't know exactly what happens for our John and Jane, right? There's a post-credits, by the way. There's a post-credits that ties back to, you know... Paul Dano's neighbor character. Which we haven't talked about much. I thought he was going to be another spy, right? That's kind of how they set him up. But yeah. in the end, he ends up just wanting their house. He's like a Sotheby's <laughs> realtor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is funny. And it makes sense for him to be super suspicious of them, right? Because I think that estimate of that brownstone is probably pretty accurate. Like how big it is. $18 trillion or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like $150 million. Just the build of it, the architecture, all the yeah. materials – yeah, so he's like, only mega wealthy Saudi royals can afford a place like this, and John and Jane are just software engineers, so he's super suspicious yeah. this whole time. And at first, you do think he's a spy, because John goes into his house and sees photos of them, and he's surveilling the building. But he turns out just to be uh, Sotheby's realtor. Yeah, he walks in, and another callback to something else that was discussed early in this episode was the book the prophet he has a conversation with john's like hey you should really read this book and he's like there to drop off the book and he sees that the house is disheveled it's, it's all torn up and we still don't know what happened to our john and jane but he just calls his buddies like hey i think we're gonna be able to buy this soon you know like <laughs> he's just so excited that he's gonna be able to buy this property that he lives next to and i don't think this is my least favorite but i do think that this is not my favorite episode only because this episode is really so bogged down i think to its ties to the movie. And I think it starts to really show its seams if you remember the movie. Oh, see, I didn't really. It's totally understandable. For me, I was like, oh, I know that they're being set up to try to kill each other. The fight in the house is going to end up in them reconciling. There's, for some reason, going to be some kind of external force that's going to try to kill them, right? Like, all those things seem to play out exactly how I thought it would because that's kind of how the movie plays out. Yeah, but even without the movie, I think... That's probably the natural progression for the story. And them as the two leads, it's natural for them to come together and fight some other threat. And yeah, sure, maybe the movie informs that a little bit, but I think it does its own thing. Yeah, I liked that turn. I agree the action was probably the best in this episode, but I still didn't love it. I didn't love the action sequence. It was actually probably the longest episode, too. And I did mm -hmm. feel the length a little bit. It wasn't as snappy or as fun or funny as some of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly for me, I don't think the truth serum thing worked for me. Mm, that felt like it was going on really long. It went on really long. It didn't feel like it yeah. balanced the goofiness of it with the heartfelt revelation. I didn't feel like they hit that balance. Mm. Um, it felt mm -hmm. a little too goofy. They were a little too kind of acting drunk, acting. They were drugged. It just didn't yeah. fully work for me. It reminded me a little bit of the end of Beef. 
you guys remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so the truth room didn't entirely work for me except for, oh, okay, it's a clever plot point to set up them working together, right? Yeah. 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 So there's elements of this last one that didn't entirely work for me. Although I did still like the ambiguous cut to black ending. I thought it worked. Yeah. I think they're probably going to get a second season, so. Yeah, that's the thing I kind of don't like about this ending is that it felt set up for a second season. I guess I like my stories to feel a little bit more complete. If there's a second season, you know what happened yes you right? kind of know what happened yeah, <laughs> yeah. or maybe we're gonna get a new john or jane you know maybe that would actually kind of almost like a... be cooler it would be yeah. cooler right i think that would be cooler because i liked this this was a lot of fun but it does seem like it did come to a natural end kind of liked that ending i'm sure they could find out something cool to do for season two but it definitely would have to be a different animal right yeah they've already gone through all these relationship stages already you're not going to just do it all again so yeah they are gonna have to introduce a new element if it's the same john and jane yeah because I also don't think you can go back and just do Mission of the Week stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because this first season had Mission of the Week and a story arc. And so, like, you still have to find some way to extend that story arc or do a new one, do something satisfying. I think that's going to be kind of tough. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you're supposed Absolutely. to infer that the antagonist John and Jane's are the ones that killed Alexander Skarsgård and Isaac Gonzalez in the first episode, right? Yes. I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Do you have any insight into what you think happened there do you think our jane lives and our john lives what do you think happens here she says that she has one shot yes exactly i picked up on that too and at the end you see three shots though yeah i don't know what that means yeah does she shoot the other jane and then grab her gun and shoot her twice yeah what does three shots mean or is it like yeah parker posey's jane shoots it twice misses Misses, and then then maya gets the last shot we don't know so i give the show a lot of credit for doing things differently and subverting our expectations but i'm not giving it that much credit that it's gonna do the thing that we think is the coolest which is to kill our john and jane and give us a new one in the new season i don't Mm -hmm. think that they're that adventurous you know let's not give them too much of the benefit of the doubt for that so i mean it would kind of be a waste of some good chemistry they are fun together they are fun together they are fun together but i really like this show it's not like the best show i've ever seen but it's disposable it's fun it's an easy watch i think we need more shows that are lightly serialized mission of the week type stuff monster of the week you know this reminds me a lot of like i said poker face that was on peacock with natasha leone that was on last year also a very lightly serialized show Mm -hmm. case of the week type stuff so and i think this suits donald glover quite well i think they did a good job of pulling out of the fire you know donald glover and francesca sloan yeah Phoebe Waller-Bridge left due to creative differences. And I wonder what that show would have been like, because she was going to star as Jane, and she was replaced by Maya Erskine, right? So I can't really imagine anyone but Maya Erskine in this role right now, but I don't know. That would have been a totally different dynamic. Completely different. Have they worked together besides that solo movie? I don't think so. No. Actually, there is a Entertainment Weekly article right now where... He kind of talks a little bit about why that relationship dissolved, why she left. And he's honest about how they're two leads, right? They're two head writers, right? Two head creatives that have ideas. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. sometimes like when you put two people like that together, it just doesn't mesh. So, I mean, if anything, it would be interesting maybe that if they do kill our John and Jane, bring her back and let her lead her season, bring in a different John. Like, I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah, that would be cool. I did want to say that 
This last episode, I thought the funniest joke was when he's chasing her. She's like, stop, stop. She's like breathing hard. <laughs> I love like, that who, episode. Who, who am I? Who am I? And he's like, I'm you. And like, he's trying to kill her. Yeah, that's that's what I thought that was so funny. Was, that was so yeah. funny. Well, it's also because like he was having such that hard time like running up those stairs a couple episodes ago. So I thought that was just such a funny Come on, joke. be honest. I would fucking struggle up those stairs too. Oh my yeah. god, anyone, anyone. It's like 18 flights, flights of stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like we all really enjoyed this show. I think we definitely recommend it. I think it's a light watch, a great watch, funny watch. I guess if that's it, that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, I was going to call you John. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? You can find me buying a surprise house in Lake Cuomo. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at The Wrong Day on both Instagram and Letterboxd. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our show is to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google, or any of the other popular apps. If you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great rating. It really helps to get our voices out to more people. Yeah. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions on amazon's mr and mrs smith feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com we like getting listener mail sometimes we read it on the pod and with that we will see you guys next week see you next week everybody see you guys then